Wednesday night when I give a little, as we sing on Wednesday night and we give our testimonies on Wednesday night, I'm going to share a little bit from Psalm 107. This is my psalm this year for Thanksgiving. And so I want you to look with me at Psalm 107. We're going to read a couple verses, and then I'm going to read you a story that I need you to pay attention to for a few minutes. And then I'll give you a couple quick points, and we'll be done. And I know tonight, just so you know in the room, we have all the kids in here with us tonight. They're not going to be perfect. They're going to make a little bit of noise, but it will be okay. There's no problem with that. So it's all right. And so we don't do services quite like this often. But I think it's good as a family to all be together. And kids, you're going to hear a story in a minute that you will. It's a pretty good story. I'll keep your attention. And then we'll get a few truths from the Word of God. Psalm 107, verse 1. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Verse number 8 says, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. Verse number 21 says, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Wednesday night, we will look more at this passage and we'll break it down quite a bit more than what I'm going to tonight. But God's will for every one of his children is for us to be thankful. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. You know, there are a lot of Christians out there that always want to know, what, what is God's will for my life? What does God want me to do? Well, I know one thing for sure God wants you to do today. He wants you to be thankful. And we have so much to be thankful for. We sit here tonight, and I don't know if you noticed, there was a lot of food outside tonight. A lot of turkey, a lot of ham, a lot of mashed potatoes. And I saw a lot of full plates. But even in America, we go back to the beginning of our nation, and when the pilgrims came over here, they didn't have much. And do you know tonight, there would be people living in some countries tonight that would be thrilled just to have the scraps that you threw away off your plate tonight. That's how good we have it. The problem is when you have it really good, you have a tendency to forget all that the Lord's done. The pilgrims came to America in 1620. They spent 66 days in the hold of a ship called the Mayflower, and they arrived on November 21st. One month later, on December 26th, all 102 passengers set foot on land and began to establish the colony of Plymouth. The pilgrims immediately began to build shelters because they came in November. We're getting close to wintertime. The pilgrims immediately began to build shelters, but soon they were overcome by general sickness. Through the course of the winter... 46 died, nearly half of the original 102. One day in mid-March, a lone Indian appeared. His name was Samoset, and he learned to speak English from the sea captains that sailed up and down the coast and was friendly. He left the pilgrims the next morning, returning a week later, bringing another Indian with him named Squanto. Squanto had 
been captured and taken to England and lived there for 15 years. He had returned to America six months earlier only to find that his tribe had been massacred. When he learned that this colony of English were struggling to survive, he adopted them as his own, teaching them how to plant, fish, hunt, and trade with their neighbors, Panag Indians, and their chief, Massasoit. The following is, comes from The Light of Glory by Peter Marshall and David Manuel. It says, The summer of 1621 was beautiful. Much work went into building the new dwellings, and ten men were sent north up the coast to sail, sailing Shalot to conduct trade with the Indians. Squanto once again acted as their guide and interpreter. It was a successful trip, and that fall's harvest provided more than enough corn to see them through their second winter. The pilgrims were brimming over with gratitude, not only to Squanto and the Wampanoags, who had been so friendly, but to their God. In him they had trusted, and he had honored their obedience beyond their dreams. So Governor Bradford declared a day of public thanksgiving to be held in October. Massasoit was invited and unexpectedly arrived a day early with 90 Indians. Counting their numbers, the pilgrims had to pray hard to keep from giving in to feed such a crowd would cut their deeply into their food supply that was supposed to get them through the winter. But they had learned one thing through their travels. It was to trust God implicitly. And it turned out the Indians were not arriving empty-handed. Massasoit had commanded his braves to hunt for the occasion, and they arrived with no less than five dressed deer and other fouled creatures. And they helped with the preparations, teaching the pilgrim women how to make cakes and tasty pudding out of cornmeal and maple syrup. Finally, the Indians showed the pilgrims a special delicacy, how to roast corn, corn kernels in an earthen pot until they popped white and fluffy. The pilgrims in turn provided many vegetables from their household gardens, carrots, onions, turnips, parsnips, cucumbers, radishes, beets, and cabbage, and all that wonderful stuff. Also using some of their precious flour, they took summer fruits, which the Indians had dried, and introduced them to things like blueberries, apples, and cherry pie. It was all washed down with sweet wine made from wild grapes, a joyous occasion for all. Between meals, the pilgrims and Indians happily completed or competed in shooting contests with guns and bows, and the Indians were especially delighted that John Eldon and some of the younger men of the plantation were eager to join them in foot races and wrestling. There were even military drills staged by Captain Standish. Things went so well, and Massasoit showed no inclination to leave, that Thanksgiving Day was extended for three days. One month later in November, a full year after their arrival, the first ship from home dropped anchor in the harbor, carrying off cargo at Plymouth, 35 more colonists. In the air of celebration that followed, no one stopped to think that these newcomers had brought not one bit of equipment with them, no food, no clothing, no tools, no bedding. In the cold night of the following morning, 
a sombering appraisal by Bradford, Brewster, and Winslow was taken, and a grim decision was reached. They would all have to go on half rations through the winter to ensure enough food to see them into the summer season, when fish and game would be plentiful. That winter they entered into a time of starving, much like the starving that took place at Jamestown that killed eight out of ten of their people. With all of the extra people to feed and the shelter, they were ultimately reduced to a rationing of five kernels of corn apiece. In contrast, five kernels of corn. Some of you had about 55 kernels of corn on your plate tonight, besides everything else. In contrast to what happened at Jamestown, where they were driven to despair, the people of Plymouth turned to Christ and not one of them died of starvation. When spring finally arrived in 1623, they were well aware that they needed at least twice as much corn as their first harvest. The planting would be for common use, while the second planting would be for private use. After the first planting, a dry spell set in that turned into a 12-week drought. The crops withered along with the hopes of the pilgrims, In the words of Edward Winslow, he said, These and the like considerations moved not only every good man privately to enter into examination with his own estate between God and his conscience, and so to humiliation before God, but also to humble ourselves together before the Lord by prayer and fasting. To that end, a day was appointed by public authority and set apart from all other employments. But oh, the mercy of our God, who was ready to hear as we were to ask. For though in the morning when we assembled together, the heavens were as clear and the drought as like to continue as it never ever was, yet our exercise continuing some eight or nine hours before our departure, the weather was overcast and clouds gathered on all sides. On the next morning distilled such soft, sweet, and moderate rain showers, continuing some 14 days and mixed with some seasonable weather as it was hard to say what of our God the yield that year was so abundant that the pilgrims ended up with a surplus of corn which they were able to use in trade that winter with the northern Indians who had not much, had not a good growing season. That fall, a second day of Thanksgiving was planned, and Massasoit was given the guest of honor, and this time he brought his principal wife and three others and 120 braves with him. Fortunately, he again brought venison and fowls again as well. The occasion was described by one adventurer, Emmanuel Anthem, in his letter to his brother, in this way he said, After our arrival in New England, we found all our plantation in good health, and neither man, woman, nor child sick. In this plantation is about 20 houses, four or five of which are very pleasant, and the rest, as time will serve, shall be made better. The fish that is in this country indeed is beyond belief. In one hour we caught a hundred cod. And now to say somewhat of a great cheer... We had at the governor's marriage. We had about 12 tasty venison, 
besides other pieces of roasted venison and other such good cheer in such quantities, which I wish to share with you. For here we had the best grapes that you ever saw, the biggest and diverse sorts of plums and nuts, six goats and 50 hogs and pigs, also diverse hens. A better country was never seen or heard of, for here are a multitude of God's blessing. What Altham neglected to mention was that the first course they served at that meal was an empty plate in front of everyone that was there with five kernels of corn so they wouldn't forget where they came from. As Americans tonight, just last week I was, as I mentioned, we were down in Mexico through Tijuana and things. As Americans tonight, we have a lot to be thankful for. The grocery stores are full. There's food on our tables. We still put gas in our cars, even as expensive as gas might be. We must not forget what the Lord has done for us. You see, I want to remind you tonight that Thanksgiving is not an optional thing for a Christian. It should be an everyday part of our lives. The Bible tells us in Psalm 50, verse number 14 and 15. Psalm 50, verse 14 and 15. Is it coming there in a second? It's one of those down there. You got it there. Offer unto God thanksgiving, and pay thy vows unto the Most High, and call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. It says, Offer to God thanksgiving. Psalm 100, in verse number 1, the Bible says, Make a joyful noise, and some of us did that a few minutes ago unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. I would just encourage you, when you pray to the Lord, enter into his presence with singing. Do you see that? It talks about that there. Sing to him. And you say, well, I don't sing very well. You can make the joyful noise. It's okay. Verse 3 there says, Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and bless his name, for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. You know what, you know what the devil tried to do that day in the Garden of Eden? He tried to convince Adam and Eve, God is not as good as you think he is. He's withholding goodness from you. And was God withholding anything from Adam and Eve? No. God is good tonight. And as we come before him, we're to enter into his gates with thanksgiving. When you come into the presence of the Lord and you enter into his gates, do you come thanking him or requesting things of him? Should begin with thanksgiving. You know, a lot of us, our prayer list would shrink quite a bit if we entered into to the Lord with the Lord with thanksgiving. It's one of the reasons why when we have our prayer meeting in church on Wednesday nights, we start with adoring and lifting the Lord up and thanking him. You know why we do that? Because when you get your eyes off of yourself and everything going on in your life and you see who God is and you thank him for who he is and what he's done, life's problems don't seem quite so bad. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. The Bible tells us in Psalm 107, we read that here already. Psalm 136 is a great psalm to read. Philippians chapter number 4, when it talks about in Philippians 4, rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. All the time rejoice in him. Let your moderation. 
You know, today as Christians, we don't, we, we don't stay very even kill with things. We're all over the place. We need to stay in moderation. Let be known to all men the Lord's at hand. It says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made unto God, and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Bible tells in Colossians 1, verse 10 through 14, that you might walk worthy of the Lord and all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption through his blood even the forgiveness of sins giving thanks to god for that bible tells us in colossians 2 verse 6 and 7 have then received christ jesus the lord so walking in him rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Our walk should be abounding with this thing of thanksgiving. The Bible tells us in Colossians chapter 3, verse 15 to 17, and let the peace of God rule in your heart to which also ye are called in one body and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16 18. Rejoice evermore without ceasing, and everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. I think I've showed you enough verses in the Bible right there that we as the people of God should be thankful for what God's done in our lives. The thing is, we live in a society today where thankfulness is going out the window. Very rarely do you hear anyone say thank you for anything anymore. Parents, teach your children thankful. We get in our world today that everything should just be handed to us what if we go back to the day there were five pieces of corn and that's all you had for a meal and you had to just rest on god and trust in god we wouldn't like that very much would we we when things are so good we don't thank him like we should when's the last time you thank god for his character and his nature thanked him for who he was and the Bible says, oh, the men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his acts to the children of men. When's the last time you thanked him for who he is and what he's done? When's the last time you thanked him for his working in your life and how, what he's done? When's the last time you thanked him for creating the universe? Do you look tonight at how beautiful this world is? Do you see even today how beautiful the sky was? Do you see how blue it was? I didn't even see much smog today. It was just a beautiful blue sky. And think, that, and think about this. We live in a fallen world today. Imagine what it was when there was no sin. And imagine what it still is today. He created it. He, it's beautiful. and We should thank him for it. We should thank him for creating our families. 
Thank him for the people he's put in your life, the church family he's given you. And you know the Bible tells us that God brings people together. Right? Do you realize that? God brings a church together. And if this is your church and you're here, God's brought you here. Thank God for it. There are many people around the world tonight that would love to have something like this that you have. They would love to have a meal together and be able to share those things. When's the last time you thanked him for salvation? We sang about it. I was a wretch. I remember who I was. You remember where you were before salvation? When's the last time you said, Jesus, thank you for it. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for changing my life. We just need to be thankful. When's the last time you were thankful to him for the country you live in? And I know we got a lot of problems in America today. And I know there are issues all around us today. And a lot of things that we're facing and things that are becoming up. But I still tell you this, there is no place like living in America. Be grateful. Be thankful. You could have been born and placed anywhere in the world, even Antarctica, if God wanted to. Thank God for where he's put you. I hear a lot of people complain about how bad it is. Then go live someplace else. You know, a lot of them claim they will, right? But they've yet to do it. Back when Trump won in 16, that we're leaving if he wins. They're still here. They never left. Be thankful for the country you live in. Thankful for those who have sacrificed so you can have the freedoms you have today. Now, thank God for those that lived on those five pieces of corn and helped found this nation. Thankful for the men that signed the Declaration of Independence and risked their own lives and stood against evil, in my eyes, to stand up for freedom. Thank God for it. We should thank God for his provision in our lives. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. After all those things, the Gentiles seek the food, the clothing, the shelter, all those things. But God takes care of his people tonight. When's the last time you thanked him? You might say, well, pastor, my bank account is not what it could be. I get that. And maybe you're not where you think you should be. And maybe things are not as great as you thought they would be. But you can be thankful to God for what he's done, how he takes care of you. Thank God for his grace. Thank God for his mercy. He's given us so much in his mercy, not giving us what we deserve. You and I deserve hell tonight. But God, by his mercy, sent his son to die in our place and take our place so that you and I could have heaven. And not only that, did he show us mercy, but then he gives us his grace, giving us what we don't deserve. Giving us heaven, giving us the Spirit of God to walk with us and to guide us day in and day out in our lives. We should be thankful for the grace and the mercy of God. We should be thankful for all the blessings. We should be thankful. When's the last time you were thankful for this book? Where would we be tonight without the Word of God? If we, there are many people in this world today that still don't have a Bible in their language. And yet tonight we probably have a multitude of Bibles sitting in our house we don't have a multitude in our house, you can get on your phone, you can download any Bible app you want, you can pull the Bible up anytime you want. And there are people in their language tonight that cannot even read the Bible in their own language, and we have the Word of God. Are you thankful for it? You know, without the Word of God, we would know that there's a God from creation, but you would know nothing about God. You wouldn't know how to get to Him. You wouldn't know what Jesus has done. We should be thankful for the Word of God and what God's given to us. We should be thankful. You know, we look around us 
and we see our world and everything around us and the people in this world, be thankful. Young people, be thankful for the homes that God's put you in. Be thankful for the school God's put you in. If it is our public schools or if it's the Christian school, be thankful for where you're at. Be thankful. Oh, that second Thanksgiving, they had a multitude of food and everything was great. But they purposely took time to put plates in front of them with five measly kernels of corn just to remind them. All throughout the Old Testament, there was memorial after memorial set up to remind the children of Israel of the goodness of God. And there should be times uh, that we remember and memorials we set up with our families and things that we remember that God's done. And Christian, Thanksgiving is not a one-day event every year. You even look at today, what's our world done with Thanksgiving, the day of Thanksgiving? It's a day where there's football on from morning till night. I think they've even thrown basketball games in there now. And then you get up, or it's not as much this, but it was for a while, you get up at midnight or 1 o'clock in the morning, and you rush to a store, and you be greedy and get in front of people and try and get all the best deals. And at Thanksgiving time, instead of family sitting around thanking God for his blessings, we're looking at the shopping ads to see what store we're going to go to a couple hours later. It's what our world does with it. Just another day. For a Christian, it's not just another day. Every day is a day of thanksgiving. I would encourage you tonight to live this thanksgiving. I think someone said it like this. It should be called thanks living. That's why I stop before I eat a meal. And I, you know, some of you, sometimes I go out with people and they pray like 20 minutes before we eat a meal. The food's cold by the time you're done praying. I don't need the greatest prayer then but I do think it's important that you stop to thank the one from where your food comes from. I think it's important. I think it's important to thank God for the blessings in our lives, to teach our children as God's working and doing things. Lord, let's tell our kids this is what God's done. Thank God for what he's done in our lives. Thanksgiving's important. And you're going you're gonna to be one of two ways. You're either going to be thankful you're going to want more and more and you're going to be greedy and greedy and greedy. Be thankful. I say, well, I don't have what someone else... Didn't we talk about that this morning? Be content with what you have because he will never leave you and he'll never forsake you and the Lord's your helper and he will be right there with you all the way. We as Christians, you think about this tonight, the worst thing that can happen to us as Christians tonight is for our life to end in this world. And it's actually the greatest thing in all the world that could ever happen to be with Jesus forever. We have a great future to look forward to. We have a great God. Why live ungrateful? Why live the way this world does? Just be thankful. Be thankful. It will change, it'll change your day. I encourage you, if you're having a bad day and you're just feeling down and down on yourself, down on God and down on things, I encourage you to be thankful. Now, we have it good. Friday night, I got a phone call from the police department. I was getting ready to take Caroline on a date, and 
Friday night, I got a call for, I'm a, I'm a chaplain there, and right up the street from here, a man killed himself. And there were 20 family members that were out there from 5 to 10 o'clock that I was right there with the entire time. Can you imagine what their Thanksgiving's going to be like with their loved one gone in the house that they all grew up in? Someone else has it worse than you do tonight. And I'm not trying to compare people with people. I'm trying to say just be thankful for what the Lord's done in your life. Thankfulness is a good thing. And I believe one of the ways that Paul was able to stay on the upside in prison was he was thankful. It's, and it's contagious too. Hang around someone who's already, always grumbling and complaining about things and just start talking about things you're thankful for. You can change the mood in the room pretty quick. Thank God for all that he's done. I would encourage you to make sure, Christian, to be thankful. Father, we thank you for the time that we've been able to share together tonight.